Hello and welcome to episode two of our student shortcasts. My name is Bryony and I'm the head of academic and employability studies at BIM Institute. And I'm Sarah, the co-author of a book called The Squiggly Career. Student Shortcasts are podcasts where we take student questions and respond with practical ideas and advice that we really hope will be helpful in the here and now and in the future. So let's hear our student question for today. Hello, my name is Simone. I am studying the single honours popular music performance in vocals at BIM Birmingham. I'm feeling a bit overwhelmed and I'm not sure what to do first. How can I get organised and stop myself from stressing out? Thanks for your question, Simone. I'm sorry to hear that you're feeling stressed. Sarah and I are here to help and I hope you find the following useful. So today we're going to be really focusing on what it feels like when you're a bit overwhelmed, there's too much to do and you're not really sure how to get organised and it's all feeling a bit stressful and probably a bit overwhelming. And that is tough because it can mean that we procrastinate, we don't know where to start and it feels like perhaps we're not moving forward and we know we're not doing things that we need to do but equally sometimes it just feels like we think oh but I don't know how to make those things happen. So Bryony's going to get really practical and share some ideas for particularly how you can overcome assessment overwhelm which sounds very useful (laughs) but before we dive into that two tools from me that I hope might be useful in all situations, whether it's your assessments or your workload, or maybe just in your life generally. So we all love a list. Bryony, are you a fan of the list? Oh, a big convert. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. For anything. And I think there's something about lists that help us to get our thoughts out of our head and kind of onto bits of paper. And we know that they can be really useful as a way to kind of structure our thinking. But I think the problem with to-do lists is they can also remind us of all the things that we've not done. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) And and I think I've really changed my approach to how I make lists over the last few years. And it's something that we've shared with lots of people and it seems to kind of work really well. So perhaps rather than writing to-do lists, perhaps try a today list. So really think about what are the things that you want to do today? So if it's a Monday, what are things that you want to get done on Monday? And don't worry too much about the rest of the week or the rest of the month. It really helps to kind of focus and prioritise where you need to spend your time. And actually, I go a step further. And even on my today list, I circle one thing that absolutely has to happen today because I don't know about you, Bryony, but I think I'm often a bit guilty of being overly ambitious as to what I think I can do in a day. I can <laughs> hear that. And I, the other thing I do is I keep all my lists. So I do it digitally now, but I don't remove everything. They just get moved into a different column, which means that you can kind of look back and hopefully the today list is always smaller than the things that you've accomplished. <laughs> That's a really good tactic. And I think the other reason I would really encourage you to do that circling the one thing that has to happen today is what that also will help you to do is to start in the right place. I'm always very guilty of sometimes thinking, well, what would I quite like to do? Or what is easiest? So you can then end up doing some of those things that are perhaps quicker or not as important, but just so that you can get something ticked off the to-do list. But that doesn't really help us to make the progress that's most important for you so just try focusing on today lists rather than big lists or perhaps if you're someone who's never made a list perhaps just writing one thing on a today list might also just give you that ability to really see the wood from the trees to really think about where do I need to start my day today and you will feel so much better if that thing that you've circled you can kind of cross off at the end of a Monday or whatever day it is so that's the first thing to have a try 
The second thing is about plotting your positive progress. So I think this is particularly useful for perhaps if a project feels like it's going in the wrong direction or it's perhaps a really big project with lots of kind of different phases. And at times we can then feel perhaps a bit down about where we are. Perhaps we're not as far forward as we hoped we would be by a certain point. But it's so important to kind of stay optimistic because we know that when people have a more positive mindset, we are so much better at solving problems, thinking creatively, and actually, interestingly, asking for help, which was our previous shortcast episode. So there's so many benefits for us for kind of having that optimism and kind of just feeling good about kind of where we are. And a really practical way to do this is at the end of every day, think about your very small successes. So again, we're often good at, if I said to you, what's a really big success in 2020 or in the last three months? We can sometimes share those because we've had those kind of big moments where things have gone well. But we sometimes don't give ourselves credit for all of those very small successes that we have day in, day out. Perhaps you help someone else to succeed. Perhaps it was something in your personal life. Perhaps you spent 10 minutes meditating. Perhaps you went for a walk and listened to a new podcast that's relevant to the subject that you're studying. It could be absolutely anything, but it's really important that we both reflect and record our progress because it makes even more difference than we imagine. There's a positive psychologist called Martin Seligman who came up with this theory, and I've sort of made it very practical for our purposes of our conversation today. But he says, when we take the time to notice the things that go right, it means we get lots of little rewards throughout the day. And I just think that mentality really helps to kind of set ourselves up for success. Yeah, I like that. (laughs) and do you know what I've when I've particularly done this is when I've been having a hard week so I don't do this every day or every week but I think 2020 it's been fair to say like for most people we've had some pretty hard weeks yeah those small victories or those small successes become even more important in challenging times for sure (laughs) they really do so perhaps this is one to come back to and keep trying out particularly remember it if you are feeling like oh things are not going as well as you'd hoped at the moment So, Bryony, going into some of our questions now, particularly for our students, I would imagine it is almost impossible to avoid feeling overwhelmed at some point as a student. Um, I suspect it's something we all all experience, and that is definitely our kind of starting point. So I don't think we can promise that we're not going to, uh, that that's not going to happen. No, and I think that's really important as well. You should sort of, you know, anyone that's feeling really relaxed about their assessments, maybe not challenging themselves enough to achieve perhaps (laughs) that's probably fair enough but are there things that you've seen students do that have kind of been able to minimize I guess the stress they've experienced or maybe minimize isn't even the right word maybe it's just manage that stress so it's at that kind of useful level of keeping us motivated but also not getting to the point where we're just feeling burnt out or too overwhelmed that we can't make progress well I definitely appreciate what getting stressed at busy times feels like I, beyond BIM, have been running an events business for over a decade, but there's always seemed to be a point for a few days ahead of an event where things (laughs) kick up a gear and it takes me a few days to settle into that kind of stressful period. And that adrenaline is actually quite addictive and I do love it. And that's why I want to be and am an events professional. But that doesn't mean that during that time, that frenetic period that my eating and my sleeping and my ability to stay calm and productive isn't impacted unless I prepare. So first things first review your assessment calendar as soon as you get it and you can ask your course leader if you can't find this and this gives you an overview for all of your assessments including your deadline dates so you can prepare well in advance for your busy time 
And I'm imagining most students have some pretty big pieces of work to do during a a year. And that can feel really daunting, you know, when you're kind of looking at what you've got to achieve and thinking, I've got no idea how I'm going to get there. That just feels like such a big piece of work. And I feel like I've got so much to do. So how do you advise kind of students get started with those big projects and assessments and any pitfalls or mistakes that you see that people commonly make that perhaps people can avoid? Well, I like to, and I'm going to go into some really specific detail here, but this is how I like to break down an assessment. So making it into smaller chunks and setting yourself smaller goals so each one is easier to achieve. And then in between those, having some downtime to rest. So sometimes you're in the zone where you can just dive into a piece of work and keep going. But if you're not entirely sure what you're doing, then this can sometimes feel unfocused and take up lots of time and then in the end be really exhausting. So for an essay, for example, I would start by writing three bullet points next to each learning outcome in my own words and then have a cup of tea, always breaking it up (laughs) with tea, uh, maybe a biscuit. And then I would write a header question for me to answer in paragraph form on post-it notes for each of those kind of sections. And then I would reorder those until that they kind of make sense and there's a flow and a clear narrative and they all relate to each other. Then I would take another break. And then later, when you've kind of broken down your big piece of work into these question size pieces, I would start fleshing out each point into some further ideas and sentences. So answer that question, paraphrase that research that you found. You can kind of refocus the work that you're doing specifically on each question, taking breaks in between. So as you go, some things may need to be deleted or rephrased, but that's much easier than just staring at a blank page to start with or trying to unpick that kind of word soup, which has resulted in you just simply free writing for a couple of hours with no break. And then when editing a video or writing a script for a presentation or composing or learning a song for an assessment, this approach can also help. And I think what's really interesting, just listening to you, you kind of describe that process that you've been through and you've seen students go through is almost how much thinking and preparing kind of happens before you actually start necessarily writing the assessment. Exactly. It's really tempting to jump straight in, but I would really urge you to kind of plan where you're going it's just like jumping in a car and not deciding your route to get to your destination you've got (laughs) most people would check that now first there will be options but you've done that planning as you go even if you're doing it while you're sat in the car and not the night before with a a road atlas can you remember those Sarah (laughs) (laughs) I can (laughs) and I think that just reminds me that Sometimes I think what we think of as progress or work is we feel like, oh, we must be typing in a document to be making progress. But I think recognising that actually we often save ourselves time, we're more productive when we've done the thinking, when we've done the kind of the structuring, you know, exactly as you described with know what your three bullet points are for each learning outcome. Be clear about what that paragraph might say just on post-it notes. And almost I think when you have that kind of then sense of, I might not know exactly every sentence I'm going to write, but I have got a sense of where I'm heading. Then I just think you then feel confident to then actually dive into then do the piece of work, I think. And every time I've not done that proper thinking up front for anything I've done, I always regret it. Always. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And no one's expecting you to be able to channel your thoughts coherently on a very first go or learn a whole song in one go. Break it down, create tiny little things, take breaks, re-edit, make sure that everything makes sense as a whole 
And then you kind of build this big picture and all of a sudden you finished your assessment and with some notice. But you yeah. sort of have to trust in it, don't you? Yeah, you sort absolutely. of have to there's a bit of like trust in that process and that you kind of will get there. And one of the things that you've mentioned a few times, and it's something I'm really interested in because I think it's so important to our ability to do really brilliant work, is this idea of kind of taking breaks and I sometimes call it active rest. So by active rest, what I mean is giving our brains a break, but by immersing ourselves in something different, you know, something that really absorbs you that you're really interested in, but it's not your work, it's not your assessments you're trying to do. And this thing of kind of balancing all the different aspects of our life is kind of that never ending question that no one can do this perfectly. But how have you seen students kind of figure out that balance that we're all striving for? Sure. Well, I think students that actually play a really active role in student life and are active members of their learning community tend to report less feelings of feeling overwhelmed. Maybe because they're connected to kind of the student journey as a kind of a whole thing and they get more immersed in it and then they feel like things don't take them by surprise because it's kind of like everyone around them is going through the same workflow. And so I would urge people to get involved, but also do something completely different. Take a break from student life, check out. And personally, I would recommend fresh air and exercise as magic combination tools for resetting and also just unblocking you if you get stuck. I know that if I've got something challenging and I can't quite work out a way forward, I found that sticky bit. That's the number one thing that's helpful is just put on some tunes and go for a stomp around the streets wherever just really helps kind of reframe things and when you come back you're like you can see things with a different perspective. It's so interesting because actually when you look at the research on how our kind of brain works our brain does work differently when we're on the move yeah and so sometimes being in different places and spaces and that's not as easy this year as it kind of has been previously you know we know that's when at our most creative we know that we have some brilliant ideas in the shower yeah we have some brilliant ideas when we go for a walk I don't ever think really we do our best thinking you know where we are sort of sitting staring at a screen no, at our desk exactly. hoping hoping some magical thought is going to come our way I kind of tell myself that so if I'm thinking does it feel like a bit of a luxury to go out and do some exercise or go and do a walk and those things I always think I've got to again remind myself that I will do better work if I go and do this and if I want to do better work and that's really important to me then that active rest has got to be just as important. Yeah totally 100%. So today we've talked about you know this feeling of overwhelm and stress of course it's natural and we probably do expect it and it's difficult for it to go away completely but perhaps with some of the techniques that I discussed around you know those today lists to give you a real focus feeling optimistic by making sure that you're recording and reflecting on all of those very small successes. And then those practical things from Bryony around make sure you know your assessment calendar, make sure you break down those big projects into much smaller chunks and kind of look after yourself along the way. All kind of so critical. And Bryony, we've got into the routine of doing this at the end of each of our Mm -hmm. (laughs) shortcasts. How would you summarise today's conversation in a (laughs) single-ish sentence? (laughs) Okay, well, nothing worth having comes easy. And I know that my best work is sometimes as a result of uncomfortable effort. But you can make it easier by getting organised, prioritising what needs to be done today and remembering to rest and reward yourself too. Thank you so much to everybody who's been listening. And as a reminder, if you haven't already listened to our first Shortcast episode, it was on how to ask for help and you can find it wherever you listen to your podcasts. This is Student Shortcast with me, Bryony from BIM Institute and Sarah from Amazing If. Take care, keep breathing and please remember, this too shall pass.